0: if you haven't already so you do not miss any upcoming episodes today we have a special guest with us uh, Jamie Schaefer is has joined us she is a author and she's going to be um, talking to us about her work her books and a little bit more so thank you so very much for joining us uh, Jamie welcome and uh, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself
1: um yes thank you um uh... Jamie Schaefer. Uh I am married. I have three children. Uh, I've wanted to write books ever since I was probably 10 years old and finally decided to take that leap this year. Um, kind of nervous about it, but it seems to be doing okay, so I've started on the rest of the series. Uh, I do work full-time, so it makes it a little bit difficult to get it in there, but I've been doing my best to keep pushing forward. Okay, so you have you now. You've started a series. So, did you want to tell us a little bit about that
0: series, which is the latest book that's come out?
1: Uh, yes, uh, the series is the Willow Haven series, a uh, little small town. Um, the first book that came out was Always You. It's more of a couple that had a past together, got got taken apart by different circumstances, and then. Reconnect later on in life um, The second book in the series is choose me. That's uh, almost complete. Uh, it follows the Brother of one of the main characters in the first book and then I tried to um, Connect them all together whether it's it's another character in the book or um, Just different life circumstances and how love can make it through Okay and how long did it actually take you to write the first book the first book was probably about almost six months um and i'm closing in on six months on this one as well it it seems like it can go a lot faster in your head but once you actually start typing it it changes things (laughs) (laughs) it does it does (laughs)
0: I know the first book that I, I published, I got published, uh, I've been writing for years, but the first one that I got published actually took me two years to write. Um, oh, wow. It took me 18 months to research it, and then um, it took me the 18 months to research and get it all going, and then it took me another six months to get it written, polished, through the beta readers to the publisher, and then... And, and, and it, through the whole process so yeah six months is fast
1: <laughs> yeah well it was I mean it was something though that I had been I, I want to say that I started writing it like typing it and stuff with six months um, the idea had been there for quite a long time it was just actually getting it out the way I felt that it told the story properly
0: okay Okay, yeah, that, that's important. Um, so, when you started this particular project, and you, you know, you, the idea came to you, um, were you thinking that it was going to be a series, or were you thinking it was just going to be more of a standalone book?
1: I, I really thought I was just going to do a standalone book. Uh, I thought it, it, there was an, it felt like there was an end to it. Um, but then, after getting feedback from some of the people who read it, you know asking about other characters or different things in the book it felt like maybe I should continue it I did see where they thought that things may have been left open a little bit for certain people uh so I figured it'd just be fun to keep going with the same group for a while okay that's always exciting
0: so do you think it's a challenge to write a series um uh you know, because you've got all these different characters that kind of straddle all of these books, so do you find it more of a challenge, do you think, or do you think it would be more of a challenge just to write one simple, alone book?
1: Um, I actually think it probably is more of a challenge for the series, because you have to, um, I know there were several times right in the second one, I'm trying to think, is it, was it that character who had that, or, and then I have to go back and look, where if it was just one book, it would be easier to keep things separate and know who was who. And okay. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but there's been several times I'm like, now did I say he had blonde hair? Because I have to go back and look.
0: No, trust me, it makes perfect sense. I'm um, <laughs> As my pen name, as Elise Wells were, I'm in the process of working on a series and I'm on book, uh, what is it, uh, 17 at the moment. And so it's, oh, wow. it's really interesting because i have to keep reminding myself and one of the things that i have learned writing this series and and i've kind of been applying it to the rest of my books that i'm working on spreadsheets are wonderful because i can put oh, all the that, information character information there right um, yes because we started yeah you know
1: it's all in one spot right <laughs> yeah well and my kids will laugh because I, uh, one thing if I'm away from a computer, I have my notebooks and then I'll just write a quick thing down and it'll say like, Derek, brown hair, blue eyes. And then it'll say, you know, a certain thing. And they're like, what is this? I'm like, just walk away. It's my notes. <laughs> I'm trying to keep everything straight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a challenge. It is a challenge. Um, so when you're, when you're writing, um, have you ever considered writing under a
1: student
0: name or do you, do you prefer to write on your own, your own name?
1: I have actually given it a thought. Um, at, at first, I wasn't sure. Sometimes names—it's it, not meant to be that way—but some of them sound kind of generic, so I didn't know <laughs> if if mine sounded too generic, if people would be able to pronounce it. Um, sometimes it just, for certain names, it just doesn't sound like it flows. I I really did think about a pen name, but uh, I. I kind of just said, well, why not go ahead, just put my name on it and, and see how it goes. That makes sense. Uh,
0: so, do you think that if you were to write in some other genre, do you think that you would pick up a
1: pen name? Yes, I, I actually have given that thought. Uh, my dad is huge into um, scary horror type psychological things. And we were kind of yeah. joking around about different, you know uh things that would make a creepy book or this or that and i told them i said well if if i ever went that way yeah i'd, I'd keep my name for my romance series and you know it, it's kind of hard to go from romance to horror movie or horror uh novels and keep the same name The readers would be like okay she went way off the deep end but <laughs> i at that point i probably would choose a different pen name to go under <laughs> that makes sense i i
0: think that, that separating uh the genres um is very beneficial myself um because when you're writing as one name and in a specific genre people get used to or get to know that that's you know that name is attached to that genre and then when you kind of step outside of your comfort zone and, and go into a different one they're like oh, what's going on this so is not what I expected. yeah <laughs> exactly exactly so when you're writing uh, does it energize
1: or exhaust you it depends on the scene honestly if I'm writing like where they're joking around and they're having a good time yeah it it energizes me I I get excited or if I'm like all of a sudden hit a streak where everything's falling into place and it sounds great that's turning out exactly how I wanted it so energized but there are some that I just struggle with the way to word it, where it comes across um, well, and by the end of it, I'm just like, okay, I just need to take a step back and maybe a nap. I don't know. Um, the, the Or like the emotional scenes, those seem to exhaust me a little bit, trying to, to get into that mentality so that it, the feeling is there, um, that that's a little bit tricky for me but most of the time it's it's pretty energizing knowing that it's all coming together and it can actually turn into something okay yeah i I
0: think i think that's important to to know which ones are energizing and which ones are exhausting for you when you're writing because then you can kind of plan around them Uh, so do you do anything uh to recharge your creative batteries um you know like um meditation or, you know, author retreats, even if it's just taking half an hour and going to the park and sitting on the bench and staring at a thing for 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, do you do any
1: of that? Um, some of the, the thing I told my husband that's the most frustrating is, um, when I do get overwhelmed and just, I'm hitting a roadblock when I actually go to work and I, I work where I'm by myself and it's the quiet and just the calming. I, I can think of things and things start coming to me and it's like, okay, this is a time when I can't sit down and uh, do this. But I've actually found that like doing the dishes or like cleaning just where I'm not looking at the computer or trying to uh, wring my brain of any possible thing to put down. That's when I kind of, it's nice. I can relax. I can, I actually will sometimes pick up a book just to where I'm thinking about something else and not, what I'm currently working on. Okay, that's that's or a good m- way to do it. Music's a big thing too. I will put my earbuds in and uh, put on my favorite band, and it's, that's all that's in my head, and that's what really works. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So, do you have um, do you have a playlist for when you're writing? Do
0: you use music when you are writing, or is it just simply a, a mechanism for you to recharge?
1: Um I also play it sometimes um uh when I'm writing it depends on the scene um or chapter I'm on uh I have one one song that I listen to solely for the breakup uh scenes because it gets me in that that zone and that state of mind um but I do have uh i call it my working playlist where I put it on and it's got you know a section where it's all high songs. It's got a section where it's kind of like the low songs, uh, and then I just kind of start whatever chapter I'm on. That's the play- part of the playlist I start at, and I just kind of keep going. Okay, that's that's
0: cool. I like. That. <laughs> I have to have music going. I'm writing all the time. It drives everyone around me nuts because I'll be sitting there with at, com- at the computer just working away, writing away, and and I got music going, and they're like, um, "Okay, <laughs> are you dancing or?" Writing? <laughs> you know, but it's. It feeds that creativity. I find. I, I think that it's one of those things where you know, when you're you're focused on your on building your world, interacting with your characters, to have that music in the background, it gives you uh, a sense of um, inspiration and and energy. You know,
1: Absolutely. that's what it does for me. Well, it's I I, yeah. I agree. My husband will be like. What? How can you think and write and pay attention when you've got something going in your ear? And it's like, but that's what's helping. That's you know, I I need that. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, it's
0: it's one of those things I don't think anyone who isn't a writer would understand because it's it's they look at it as you're multitasking in and in two different two different uh, entertainment fields. You know, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it does. But I find it makes it makes the, the writing go faster. But then I prefer music over TV most of the time myself. So uh, I can Me sit there well. and read a book and listen to music all day, and you know, I'm good. Yeah,
1: that that, <laughs> uh, that would be my perfect day. <laughs> <laughs> so when you
0: started writing, um, were you did you have an idea in your mind of? trying to write to deliver a product that is more original and true to you or something that is specifically delivering what a reader wants to
1: read? Um, I tried to say what I've, I've read tons of romance novels. That's kind of the thing that I'm into. Uh, and one of the things I was trying to avoid when I wrote mine is the certain cliche that seems to be in every book not saying that it's a, a, it's a bad thing, but I just wanted to stay away from certain things. Of course, you're going to have like the, the breakup or the reconnection and stuff like that. But, uh, the cliches, like I, for a while after 50 shades came out of all the, you know, uh, binding and the, and the spanking and stuff. And then. I got to a while where they were doing, like, it's a billionaire, you know, sweeping the the girl who can barely pay her rent off her feet. I kind of wanted to stay away from that because not everybody runs into, and I know a lot of people read them. I read them where it's like, you know, the guy has unlimited money and can do all her fantasies. Um, but I tried yeah. to stay away from that in my first series just to be a little bit different and not have that. Because we do want our fantasy, but we also want some, hey, I can relate to that, you know, there's not a jet pulling up to us, be away somewhere. <laughs>
0: okay, uh, and I I would agree. Like when when I'm writing, one of the things that I have definitely noticed when I'm writing my contemporary, for example, um, is that I tend to make the characters more on equal footing to a degree. It's not you know I have all the money in the world and you have none. It's both of them are working yeah. class. Both of them, you know, um, I've got one that's coming out right now, which was a little bit interesting to write, but it's it's really unique because they're both in law enforcement. They're both oh, um, interested in solving crimes, etc. And so, but they come at it from some very unique ways. You've got one who is a physical medium who lives in this mausoleum of a house with twelve other ghosts. So he's used to being open and, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) I've got another character who is very by the book. This is what I do. You know, we've got to find clue A and B and C and it's all got to line up. And and so even though they're they're equals in a lot of ways, the way that it's written they they're at opposite ends of the spectrum so that even though it's they're 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 on equal footing there's still some disparities there's still still some uniqueness to each of the characters without it being billionaire and an impoverished you know gas jockey there's anything wrong with that but you know no um, and that's
1: the thing it's there's nothing wrong with it i just after a while of reading so many of those it's like okay well what about you know the two people that go to work every day or you know (laughs) firefighter or nurse or something where they're both on equal ground
0: yep and that that's the thing too is is that when you're when you're writing you have to kind of be in touch with with your characters but with with readers too and I know that there's that there's a lot of the um you know the billionaire stories that are out there and there's a lot of I was actually looking online there the other day and there's a number of publishers who are still looking for those types of books but And there's definitely, I've read them myself, Um, you know, where it's, but at the same time, you know, I want something that's a little different. I want something that's more unique. I want my voice to carry forward in this writing. And sometimes life experiences help to create that, that sense of um, adventure in your book. You know, I mean, if you, if you know really well about a specific industry and you use that, you're you're talking from experience and it comes through, I think, you know, yeah. as opposed to just, just straight fantasy. Um, I mean, who doesn't dream of being swept off their feet by a billionaire? I mean.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, and that's why I said, I do read those, um, you know, just uh, it, it, I get into all types of different stories, but every once in a while, it's like, okay, you know what? I'd like to read about the person who is trying to figure out what bill to pay this week. <laughs> or, yes. Or, or the husband, you know, went and started helping with the garden, you know, just kind of balanced it out. Yes,
0: exactly. So what do you find in your writing is the, the most difficult uh, scene to write?
1: Um, honestly, the, the one that I was having trouble with is, like, if there's any sort of um, tragedy um, mm-hmm. or that kind of because you don't want them to sound like they don't care but you don't want to over describe the emotions um or like large argument scenes i'm i guess maybe it's because i'm not a big um i I don't like confrontation i'm not a big fighter i just kind of live and let live so i don't know if that's why i struggle with it so much but i'm just not it's hard to get into that where I can write an argument between two people and it's like, okay, well, you know, I just, it's something that I probably would have let go, but it's something that pertains to my character and one of their uh, things that just irritate them. So it has to come forward, but I just, it's hard to word those for me and the blurb or the synopsis that destroys me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Those I think are the bane of any author's experience, Um, and that's yeah. I I have tons of research resources (laughs) on those because I I, even I struggle with them, you know. And so, one of the things I found that you know is helpful with a synopsis is when I'm when I'm writing, as I'm writing, if there's something major that's happened in a chapter, I'll make a note about it. You know, I'll go okay, well. On the side of the page that I'm writing I'll go oh you know this is this is a major event you know maybe this can go in the synopsis because I don't plot I am a pantser I have oh, been okay. a planter where <laughs> I do both and um, I, I have plotted and one of the things that I have found is that when I start plotting I'll get the whole book plotted out I'll get two <laughs> chapters in and my plot goes <laughs> <laughs> by the wayside because I can't follow it. The characters take over. So yes. you know. Um, so how about you? Are you a plotter, a pantser, a combination
1: of the two or I'd say I'm a combination. I tried. I tried so hard. I, I wrote out an outline. I'm like, This is how it should go and then the next thing you know, I it my story is nothing like I originally started out with. I don't even know why I even wrote the outline in the first place. Um and another thing with with the first book I tried to go I really tried to go chapter by chapter to keep it flowing. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. Well this just I'm like, this isn't working. So I would go and I'd type one chapter up and then I'd be like, Okay, that one's good and then I'd think of another part of the book and I'd I'd start writing for that chapter and then pretty soon I've got like tons of different files. They're all titled something different and they were going through the editing and all of a sudden they're like, well, you're talking about this in chapter, you know, 13 and it doesn't happen till chapter 26. I'm like, oh, yeah, I suppose I should fix that. <laughs> but I I try to go in order and my mind's just like, nope, we're not doing this part right now. We're going to go with this. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, we're not having her do this. This is where we're going. I'm like, okay. <laughs> i sound like i have several different personalities i'm sure to some people but it's like just wherever like you said wherever the plot takes or the story takes you all of a sudden the plot's like wayside don't even know what what you're writing about in the first place
0: exactly have you ever tried doing um uh, color coding on your work because it sounds like you're you're you write scenes that are motivating like that are playing through your mind at that moment have you ever tried doing um it in one document and color coding each one of them so that you know you can go back and you can as you're going through you can you can kind of look and see and then you pull out the pieces and then of course if there's something that's in say the the section that's blue that matches something that is in the section that's that's uh say red which is two opposite colors you know you can go oh hey look this is you know, um, I found that that might, you know, I, I found that that's helped me in the past. It might be something that you could, you can yeah. maybe use. I, it's just a suggestion.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I'd really um, give it a try. I am new at this. Um, and it's just any, any, that sounds like a great idea. That way I'm not searching through because sometimes I'm like, okay, well, where, which one was this now? And then I start reading it. And I mean, my daughter, she, she read my first book and I'm like, what part are you to? and she goes this, and I'm like, I don't remember that part. I wrote it, I you know, I had to remember it, yeah. and I just didn't. But it's like your brain's so scattered sometimes, so the color coding may be something that actually does work really well. Yeah.
0: It has for me in the past. Um, I used to do when I first started writing to be published, I started doing it where I was writing every chapter in a new document, like
1: oh. I would
0: do chapter one in one document, chapter two in another one, chapter three, chapter four, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that I was finding was that by the time I got to chapter six, I was losing what was in chapter one and two uh, because I wasn't consistently, it wasn't right in front of me. Um, And I'm notorious for being kind of all over the place with my writing. I, I have multiple projects on the go. I don't know about you, but I mean... I don't even want to say how many projects I've got on the go right now, but, <laughs> you know, but that's that's something that I found the helpful for me is yeah. that if I, if I did it that way, um, you know, then it was a little bit easier for me to keep track of things. Uh, so when you're writing, are you an edit as you go, or are you let's just get the ideas down on paper and then I can go back and edit and revise?
1: Um, I will, if, if it's something that sticks out, at me like initially I'll fix it when I'm done writing the chapter I'll read through it um, but then I try to continue on because I know I'm as scattered brained and as unorganized as I can be I am a perfectionist when it comes to like grammar and stuff uh, grammar Nazi <laughs> I guess um, so I'll kind of try to skip otherwise I know I'll be on that forever and then what I'll do is if I do this the look through one or two times and continue on to the next chapter if there's a night that I'm just where I'm typing or writing in my notebook and I'm like you know what this this isn't flowing this sounds like garbage I don't know I'm trying then I'll go back and actually read through do some tweaks and stuff and then just kind of keep re-editing certain chapters as I go okay that yeah that that makes sense
0: that makes sense um, I, I've done that for myself uh, but yeah, no, that makes sense because you you want it you want it to be polished, you want it to be perfect. You you know yeah. you, that that's the the huge thing. You're you're looking at the end game, not just not just in that moment. You're looking at the end game as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, and then when sometimes I'm typing, I'm like, well, that sounds great, and then all of a sudden I read re, re, read it when I go back through, and I'm like, that makes no sense at all. What well, that doesn't flow. That doesn't you know it didn't didn't make any sense. I have to delete, and sometimes I have changed full paragraphs in. A chapter because when I go back through it just it doesn't fit and uh, but at the time I thought it was fantastic. Uh, so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so now your first book has been out on the market for a, a little while. Um, yes. It was recently released. Uh, so how do you handle book reviews? I mean, do you read all of them? Do you not read any of them? Do you take them for with a grain of salt? Uh, how, how do you, um, how do you process them?
1: Um, I do read them. Uh, and of course, you know, you're going to have your good with your bad. Um, I try to read the bad ones to see exactly what they have an issue with, um, or what they didn't like about it. Um, just to see if maybe in the next one, it might be something I can, uh, fix or the, the only ones that I get kind of, I wouldn't say nervous about, but the ones that will leave the star rating, but they won't leave mm-hmm. the actual review because then I'm like, okay, you know, two stars. What was it that you didn't like? You know, was there anything you did kind of, cause I found that, you know, there's several people that'll read it, but they won't leave a review at all. Um, and I, I think I'm pretty good at taking criticism. So I take things with a grain of salt. I try to better myself Um, but some of the ones you can just tell maybe they read it and it's just not their kind of genre and they just you know it's just not something for them but I try to take it as creative criticism I try not to let it get to me if there's somebody that didn't care for it
0: I've I've seen a few reviews online and and I just kind of want to get your your thought process here where you know they've maybe said something about oh well you know, there was this in this book, or there was this in that book, and and, ha- and yet, you, as you read through, you, you can see that there was a warning, and I'm just going to randomly pick up, uh, I'm not going to name any titles or anything like that, but I recently uh-huh. seen a review where the reviewer was complaining about uh, some of the content that was in the book, that it was, um, you know, it, it, it didn't work well, um, because it wasn't what okay. they liked to read, and they had said on there that the author had should have put a warning up uh, with the book about that particular content. Uh, and and there was a warning. I will say that there was a warning on this particular book that that, that that content was there. So how do you how do you interpret that? Do you think that that's you know, do you think. That that's something that maybe indicates that perhaps the reader didn't read the whole book, or they just kind of skimmed it, or they didn't look at the warning. Or, you know, how if that were to come up with one of your books, how would you react to that?
1: Um, in my, from the way it sounds, either they uh, didn't see the warning, like maybe it wasn't put into a place where, or you know, maybe in bold enough print to see it. Um of course not every content is for everybody we all have our own likings and dislikes but i i don't know i I guess i'd kind of be confused and maybe look to see you know where was the warning did i need to make it more you know sometimes maybe you need to put it in there two or three times like prior but there's only so many pages before you start a book um yeah yeah i i I probably would have been honestly i probably would have been confused uh I, I mean, I wouldn't go back at anybody. Um, maybe if it was like a forum where you can make comments or stuff, go, I'm sorry you felt this way. You know, I, I did put a warning on there. I'll try to do better in the future. But see, like I said, I'm not a very confrontational person. So <laughs> I probably would have been a little bit upset knowing that, you know, I had it on there and that somebody read it. And like you said, it, it they had to have either not seen it or they just skimmed the book and just. Uh, I'd, a lot of people, and I'm not saying this is true for everybody, but I do know people who will um, get information like, oh, well, I read that book and it was this from a friend. So they won't give it a fair yeah. shot when they read it um, yeah. and then, you know, possibly only finish half the book and then say, well, I just felt it was this way. Um, so that's that. that yeah, I kind of have to take that as a grain of salt, but there there was some, it doesn't seem like there was, there was a disconnect somewhere in there, whether it was with where the warning yeah. was or if they even read it. Yeah. Okay.
0: So uh, now, how do you go about getting your reviews? Uh, this is, this is a, an area that is notoriously difficult for any author, um, To do. Yeah. So how how have you gone about getting the reviews that you've gotten?
1: Um, I I've always like on my um Facebook page, uh, the author page I have. I always make sure to let them know. You know, please, you know, if you read it, leave a review. Um, it's very difficult to get reviews. I think the ones that I have, uh. I mean, they're not, it's not a lot yet. I'm still building up, but, uh, I just try to keep marketing and then I'll, you know, post in those groups or, or in those forums, uh, you know, every review helps the writer please, you know, even if it's bad, I don't care if you hated it, at least, you know, Please leave a review. So, but it's difficult. It's very difficult. There's, there's really no way to know, you know, from a page who bought your book, who read your book. Um, yeah. uh, now, the only thing that uh, I'm going to give a shot is um, I've, I've been kicking around doing that uh, beta readers, you know, to make sure that they, you know, here's the advanced copy of the book. Please leave a review when, you know, it's available. But uh, some of the places such as Amazon do make it somewhat difficult because I did have somebody I know, I don't know her well, um, but she was a friend of a friend. She left a review on Amazon and they took it down, I guess, because we're friends on Facebook, but we're not close. So, on top of even just trying to get people to leave reviews in the first place, you've got that second hurdle of, is it going to be accepted as a review?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge, huge thing in within the industry because there's so many, there are so many books being released every day, every week, every month that, that oftentimes you know finding someone to review is, is incredibly difficult and having them taken down is just and of course if you do an update on your book or whatever you know that can also you know leave you with a reduced number of reviews because now you've updated your book in some fashion on amazon and sometimes i've seen that where they've there's been reviews that have disappeared uh simply
1: because
0: yeah. they were old or what have you right so that does make a difference yes yeah. um
1: And those reviews make a big difference in, you know, sales and because I like to read what other people have to say when it's another book that I may be interested in Um, or just, you know, getting your name out there. And then when they take them down, it's like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) They actually read the book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. So now are you traditionally published or are you self-published?
1: I am self-published. I'm trying okay. to get traditionally published, but I went ahead and, and did self-publish this time just to, to see if I can get it out there and, and see what kind of feedback I could get because, like I said, it's one thing for me to dream to do this and, and be passionate about it, but once I get it out there, people may go, oh, this is not the job for you, you know, this is not,
0: yeah
1: just just because you love something doesn't mean you're good at it. So I was kind of testing yeah. it at that point to see, and so far so good. Um, but I, I am trying to get traditionally, but right now I've just self-published. Okay, Well that's that's pretty cool. I mean, self-publishing is it's
0: a lot more intense than traditional publishing uh, because you you know you're you are literally taking on all of the risks. You are responsible for absolutely every aspect of production. So it, it, I mean. Hats off. I, I personally, I'm a, I'm a, a hybrid author. Uh, I do both traditionally oh. and self-publish. And so, yeah, it's, it's self publishing so you know is one of those. Of it. Yes. Yeah, I do. I do. It's, it's definitely, it's an experience. So, um, so do you have any, any final thoughts or any questions or, or any comments or anything or advice for any of our listeners who are maybe thinking about getting into the industry um, or, or just writing and, and maybe want to explore the, the options that are out there?
1: Um, I, The only thing I would say is don't get discouraged. Even if you've tried 10 different publishing companies and they all uh, turn you away keep doing what you're doing um and just because you think it may not you know be worth be good just push all those negative thoughts aside anxiety down go for it you know you're never going to know how it'll end up if you don't try
0: Excellent advice. Excellent, excellent advice. Yeah, don't, don't let anybody stop on your dreams. No, <laughs> um, you know, it's you always <laughs> okay. You,
1: uh, it, it never hurts to try. It never hurts to try. The worst thing that can happen is you just find out that it wasn't something for you. Yeah
0: exactly awesome well thank you so very much for for joining me today um jamie i really appreciate that uh so you know if any of our listeners are interested in um connecting with you finding your books where can they go to find them
1: um they can go to amazon.com uh for uh my books the first one is always you um second one is choose me it'll be out shortly i'm hoping if i can get all the rest of the editing finished um, I also have author Jamie Schaefer on Facebook, and I am on GoodRead and, uh, of course, Amazon. Okay. Excellent. Oh, and my email. Well, address, thank you. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, my email address is Haven'sHeart at Gmail Sweet. Do you have a website? Uh, I do not yet. I'm okay. I'm waiting on that right now until I I get more published i I, with one book and the second one just now coming out i think i'm going to wait for the website okay
0: okay makes sense excellent all right thank you so very much again jamie um thank you to our listeners so if you haven't already please hit the follow button share the podcast as well i chose jamie some love on her social media stop by amazon and pick up your copy today and we will talk to everyone very soon thank you so very much again have a great weekend